0: I'm just
1: a rock chick. I would describe my music and my sound as Avril Lavigne. It's the best damn thing. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of the Best Damn Avril Lavigne podcast, a facts and trivia-based podcast about Canadian pop singer Avril Lavigne. I'm your host, Andrea De Francesco. Today marks a very exciting day for the podcast because we have our first ever guest for the second edition of That's What Everyone's Talking About. I couldn't think of anyone better to have as the first guest than Angelina Singer, who I met online back in 2016 when we both rooted for a musician named Dalton Rapatoni on season 15 of American Idol. We had the chance to meet in person at one of his concerts and have kept up with one another online ever since. Angelina is a talented young adult author, music journalist, musician, and crocheter, as well as a pop-punk enthusiast, which is why I felt she was the perfect choice for today's discussion. In this episode of That's What Everyone's Talking About will answer the age-old question, is Avril Lavigne punk? So welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here.
0: It's so great to be here, Andrea. Thank you for having me.
1: So I thought it would make sense before we really dive into the discussion to get some background on you about like your fandom of Avril, because I think that that gives context to the rest of like what your answers are going to be. So, um, you know, like when, and how did you first get into Avril? How old were you? What was like the first song or the first album that you heard that, you know, got you into her?
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's funny. I feel like a lot of people kind of have like their own like, Oh, I got into it on my seventh birthday and all this stuff. I don't really have that. I think (laughs) Avril was one of those artists where it's like you heard complicated on the radio. You (laughs) heard, uh, you know, um, just Her music was so popular in the 2000s, it still is. Her permanence and her prevalence in, in cultures, we can talk about that later. But the idea behind it, I guess I would say, um, you know, you heard "Complicated" on the radio. Um, you know, as a kid, I remember the whole video with, uh, you know, I'm with you, very iconic. Mm-hmm. So I think those sort of... Um, iconic moment just stuck in my head and i told you recently how i went to prep school my whole life uh private mm-hmm. prep school and i think part of me loved the idea that avril is someone who does what she wants and doesn't mm-hmm. care what you think mm-hmm. and um being that i was in that very strict environment of uniforms and obligations mm-hmm. i think i loved how badass she is mm-hmm. uh because of it and um that's why I've kind of developed my own personal style to sort of emulate her tones, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, So to answer your question... You had the pink hair
1: for a while. People won't know from just seeing the audio (laughs) of this. But if they go to your Instagram, they'll see when you had this like massively bright pink hair.
0: I did. I graduated college with flaming magenta hair because... Um, I was at a point in my life where I'm like, why the hell not? Like, right. why wouldn't this I just time. go for it? It is, and like, I love the idea of like it would have prep school and being like, huh, I graduate college with pink hair. Who's gonna stop me? Like, it felt so mm. deliciously um, authentic. I, I would say. Um, mm-hmm. So, to answer your question in the most disorganized fashion, um, <laughs> basically, I have always been around Avril just on the radio, and as I grew up in these more structured environments, I really found myself just wanting to explore who I was and kind of emulate her attitude of like, be yourself. Don't care what people think. Mm -hmm. Do what makes you happy as long as you're not hurting yourself or other people, obviously. But
1: right. Yeah. So like, how old were you? Like when you first heard complicated, cause
0: I think I know I'm
1: older than you, but we're both like in the millennial generation.
0: I think I missed millennial by like a year. So I'm a little younger than you. I'm 25, but, um, I mean, I can't remember, but I would have to say, like, around, like, 10 to 12, maybe, I, as a guess, just because... Oh, okay, so was, you weren't, yeah. like,
1: like you you had heard Complicated, because Complicated came out in 2002, and I right. actively remember hearing it when it was new, so I was, like, nine <laughs> when Let Go came out. Yeah. So, yeah. the thing is, if I'm older than you, but I heard it, like, at its actual time of release, but you heard it later... Like, you must have heard it later than if you were, like, 10 or 12 yeah, yeah. or whatever.
0: For sure. It wasn't, like, brand new. But, you know, I mean, I hear Complicated on the radio now. People, right, like, for yeah. some reason, they'll play that very old song instead of her new stuff, which I kind of wonder why. It's a great song. But I, I, the nostalgia. I do wonder. Yeah. Good answer. There you go. That's the answer. But yeah, so I did hear it kind of after the fact, but that's when the the obsession kind of started. <laughs> I mean, like I just want to be her. Even like when I talk to guys on dating apps, I'm like, I hope you like Avril Lavigne. <laughs> because
1: yeah, so I think part of me. Yeah, I think I must have said that to my now fiance as well. Like when we were first to getting fiance to know congrats! each other, oh
0: I was gosh, like, I, I was,
1: I was like, you better like Avril Lavigne because I'm gonna be talking about her all the time.
0: <laughs> oh, congrats! I didn't know that. Congrats to you guys. Thank that's you. Great. Yeah. Um.
1: So going back to the age thing then, because I think that does kind of set up the rest of the discussion with like how old each of us were. Yeah. Because, like, if you were like basically in middle school then, and you were kind of getting into her a little bit later, kind of like mm-hmm. you weren't really there from like the beginning. Beginning then. No,
0: I wasn't. I would have been two thousand two. I, I think like you were five. a little. You
1: would have been a little young.
0: Yeah I, yeah, I would have been a little a little below it, but yeah. Yeah.
1: So I because I. Like it, I think we'll get into this later when, as we like, go through the discussion. But like back then, I mean, in two thousand two, the internet didn't really exist like the way it does now. Like there was no social media, right. so keeping up with artists was like a lot different than it than it is now. So, like when I heard Complicated and I started getting into her, like from the beginning, um, like I just think it, it changes the way that we kind of grew up with her. Like I I watched a lot of her interviews kind of like retrospectively because people would post them on YouTube and stuff. Like I got into her right as she was like beginning her career. And I actively remember like when she was a new artist, whereas you're getting, you got into her like after she had kind of been around for a little bit. So I just think that's interesting. Mm. The way that we each got into her kind of like at different times, I think is going to make an impact on how we answer these questions. So that's kind of why I wanted to see how, you know, like what our answers were there. Um, So like kind of, connecting to that how long you've been a fan so if you've been a fan since you were like 12 let's say mm-hmm. like that's definitely over a decade then
0: yeah I mean like when I say being a fan like I liked her music I don't think I actively followed her until maybe like high school but yeah you know, essentially around that I would say
1: yeah so you you've been a, like a long time it's not like you just got into her like you've no. been around for like yeah. many albums at this point yeah.
0: so like Most definitely yeah
1: so like you talked about how like she was a big influence on you like with your style and stuff. So like how big of a fan would you say? Or, like I'm a super fan. Like I know every word to every song. Like even the the B sides and like unreleased songs. Or like you just know like the the basics.
0: I'm gonna put myself somewhere between the two. Um, mm. I I've enjoyed listening to like you know the pirated B side stuff on YouTube. People put up and all that stuff. Unreleased yeah, unreleased stuff. Like I like that. I can't name like any tracks off of it, but I mean, mm-hmm. I'd like to think I know all of her like main published tracks for the most part. I feel like you're going to quiz me and you can try. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but Yes, yeah, so yeah. there's going to be pop quiz at the end of this. <laughs> oh, go for it. Go for it. Yeah. So, um, you have
1: yeah. seen her in concert though, right? I, I remember. have.
0: Yes. So I'm a music journalist and I often uh, try to get press passes to things. And so I saw her Head Above Water tour in 2018. My friend and I went, we had An incredible time. I mean, I think there's something very, like, I want to say, without getting, like, philosophical, uh, in the (laughs) loosest way of the term, I would say there's a kind of a religious experience about screaming happy ending at the top of your lungs with Avril in the room. I'm just saying, it was pretty surreal. It was great.
1: <laughs> yeah. I do remember reading your review on it. Cause I think you went like the day before I was going to go, like you went to the show. I think it was either the one before mine or after mine. Cause I yeah. went to the Connecticut one. Yep. So I remember like I read your review and it made me really hyped up to see her. Like I had seen her once before, but it made me really hyped up to see her. So it's like, I went to that same tour and it's like, I know what you're talking about where it's like it is almost like a religious experience when you're in the room with like an artist that you really love and especially when she does I'm with you like the whole energy in the room changes when everybody is like singing it's just like such an emotional song and like the whole room singing in everybody's like super into it it is like kind of a religious experience in a way I'm getting
0: chills just thinking about it especially because the head of a water tour had um, just such beautiful like elegance to it and Mm -hmm. I feel like you wouldn't normally connect Avril Lavigne with the word elegant, but she kind of had this turning point obviously her health issues she really kind of found her faith which by the way I love that Mm -hmm. good for her that's great god bless love it um but to see it of course but we (laughs) I loved yeah I just loved kind of the way she had the flowing dresses and just the really pretty Mm -hmm. aesthetics and then she would sing I'm with you and it felt so warm and happy and sweet and I loved that
1: so going back to like how big of a fan are we it's like yeah well, obviously <laughs> I have a whole podcast about her so I would say I'm like a pretty big fan you've seen her in concert at least once before so it's like you yes. know you 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 know things about Avril lavigne like you're oh, a qualified yeah. expert to talk about this
0: oh I, I try I try <laughs> I would say so yeah <laughs>
1: So moving on to the next question, then now that we like have the background about like how big of a fan are we both, you know, um, before before we can like really even say, you know, is Avril being punk? I think we have to go into like what punk even is, which is where you come in, because I know nothing about punk music. Like outside of Avril, I don't really listen Mm -hmm. to that much of that type of music. And I know that there's like, you can't like pin down a definition of what punk music is. Like there's so much that goes into it. But I was wondering like what you could share about your knowledge of punk, like punk rock, pop punk.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, like, it's hard to pinpoint what got me into the genre. I would say thinking back to my middle school years, I was heavily into like Hannah Montana, Jonas Brothers, like, Mm -hmm. you know, Me too. looking back, right, looking back that, was pop punk music i didn't know it at the time but musically speaking like i'm a musician um mm-hmm. play guitar you know i've done the band camp stuff whatever that musically speaking you have the pop music guitars the certain drum styles that like you know what pop punk is and i didn't know it at the time but now that i know stuff about music i'm like oh shoot that's why i like pop punk because i grew up on it and mm-hmm. yeah i have the angsty attitude and the prep school like angst and all that but I really believe that it was rooted in me kind of early and then from there like i started to discover bands like all time low paramore like you know the typical stuff that people are into from the 2000s and obviously even now still mm-hmm. um and so as far as uh what's punk i guess to bring us back to your original uh point punk as a style is different than punk music but punk music It does. It has those qualifications, the palm music guitars, the drums, the angsty attitude. But at the core, I would say punk music is built on not caring what people think. And that is Mm -hmm. connected to style, too.
1: I know. I was thinking about that, too. I was wondering, like, how can you especially like punk fans are very um, elitist. I think they're very particular about that genre. They're very protective of that genre. Right. And they're very specific about like, this is punk. This is not punk. And so I was wondering, like, how do you define, how do you define a music genre? You know, because like, I think it's kind of subjective. Like some people listen to a song and they'll say, I think this is punk. And then some people say, I don't like you. You described Hannah Montana music or Jonas Brothers, whatever, as being like that, that's like you know, I think you could say it's like pop punk, but like, yeah, you know, like mm-hmm. a like a like a punk person would be like, that is not punk music well, at pop all. Punk you know? is
0: not the same as punk. And I acknowledge right. that like we right. have to think about different um, years. Like, for example, old Blink-182, Travis Barker, all that stuff, all, the, you know, all the small things like that's mm-hmm. That's traditional. It's pop punk, but it has a different tone than pop punk of today. It sounds different right. than like all time low. Um, and so. In the same way that pop punk is different than punk, we also have to think about the time and the era that it was released.
1: Yeah, Um, that's a good point.
0: So I feel like there's almost subcategories. And also, too, side note, I freaking hate gatekeepers. Like, why would you keep somebody from something you're so passionate about? You should want to share it, like, ideally. So I have issues with that.
1: <laughs> I think Oh, ones- that that's coming up. Like I I do have like a few questions regarding that. But yeah. yeah, I mean that's that's the thing about the punk community. I mean again, I don't know anything about the genre, so I mean I could be um maybe like generalizing, but I do think this is a characteristic that people talk about with the punk communities that they they are gatekeepers. And I I was thinking about like yeah, if you're trying to define it musically, because, I mean, like you said, I, I totally agree with your point about that punk is like, aside from being a music style, it's also um, a fashion style. It's a lifestyle, that kind of thing. Musically, I was thinking, and like, I do think you make a good point, too, about the evolution of music, mm-hmm. because, you know, like from what I know about punk music, correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> I believe that it was a genre, you know, as a subgenre of rock music that started yes. in London in the 70s. hmm. Yeah. So obviously it's going to evolve over time but you know you think about like what what was actually punk from back then like you know you had like the ramones the sex mm-hmm. pistols like that type of stuff and now like you said we have like blink 182 and green day and stuff like that. So yeah I mean definitely the you know the style is going to change. To me like what always seemed like the defining sound of punk if I had to like say what I think a punk song sounds like To me, most punk songs are very fast. Like, they're very up-tempo. They're very fast. Mm -hmm. They typically include, and sorry for anybody listening who is not very musically inclined, they might not know what a power chord is, but they typically include, like, three power chords is usually what Mm -hmm. makes up a punk song. Mm -hmm. And usually the lyrics are something, like, kind of aggressive, something talking about something to do with, like, rebellion, usually. Or, like, rejecting societal standards or something like that. I mean, would you say that's a fair assessment to say... In general, that's what a punk song is,
0: definitely, and that's why, like, you know, I know we're not going to talk about it quite yet, but in regards to gatekeeping, I think culturally, people will be like, "Well, if you don't agree with this, then you're not punk," and it's like, "Well, actually, the definition of punk is disagreeing (laughs) with the norm." So, Mm. so when when punk tries to be like mainstream, that's when it starts to be less punk. Ironically, (laughs) that's what I've noticed, Mm. like culturally speaking. So, you know, I think at the end of the day, punk is really just Living your best life and being yourself unapologetically. And when you try to tell somebody else you have to agree with me or you're not punk, well, newsflash, you're not punk either then, basically.
1: Mm, yeah, like like making people um conform to something is like the exact exactly. opposite of what punk is about. Yeah. I exactly.
0: Agree. And so it's like people forget that. I mean, you know, be who you want to be, but if you're gonna call yourself that and you try to control other people, that's not really the idea of the style, I would say.
1: Right. So kind of like going off of that now to to get into like where Avril comes into this with like the punk thing. So like, this is why it was important for me to find out in the beginning, like when you kind of started getting into Avril, because mm. I don't know if you would like remember this or not, but in the beginning of her career, when she first started, like with Complicated, scareboy, Boy, all that, yeah. she was labeled punk by like the media a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't know mm-hmm. if you re- remember that or have seen like interviews of it later
0: um i haven't really watched many of her interviews uh regrettably but i do remember reading that or maybe i heard that in one of your earlier uh shows because i I, i've listened to a a bit of these episodes and uh yeah i do remember her literally being like i'm gonna wear ties and dress like you know like a tomboy and then people wanted her to dress like more feminine and she didn't want to do it Okay,
1: so like then I can share my experience because like, I do remember seeing this like in real time or okay. you know, like re- reading like the magazine articles with like the headlines and, um you know, she had like that anti-Britney thing that they used to do to her too. Um, uh, and I, I would go back um some years later, like once YouTube finally existed, because it's weird to think that YouTube didn't exist when she was first starting. Mm. Um, so some years later, you know, people would upload like all of her old MTV interviews and stuff on YouTube. So I would watch them from there. And yeah, like she got this punk label slapped on her a lot back then. And so my question to you is going to be, why do you think that, you know, I think it was mostly the the media doing that. It wasn't Avril. I don't think it was really even the record label. And I don't think it was fans either. I think it was the media um, stuck that label on her. And I was wondering, like, if you had thoughts as to why you think they did that.
0: The label of punk. Um. I mean, I think they saw what we all saw in Avril, that she was somebody different. I mean, think about the typical pop music of the early 2000s. You had lingering kind of 90s sounds of like the um, sort of dubstep party, like drunk girl party music kind of stuff. Like, Britney- you know, Britney-, Britney Spears being the biggest <laughs> at the time, probably also have like... I don't know beyonce which i've never been that into britney or beyonce myself um i have seen britney's concert because i again journalism i've gotten different shows but i didn't follow it like at that time i was too young and it wasn't really my taste anyway um yeah
1: same i got into britney later but at that time it's like i obviously knew of britney but i wasn't like listening to britney yeah
0: same yeah you definitely knew as a kid um but to answer your question I think they called her punk because based on the context being Britney and Beyonce and all like the mainstream, like, you know, party girl stuff, like she was different. And punk can be used loosely just to describe someone who doesn't fit the mold different than the surroundings. So, you know, like I said, in the way that we also think about different uh, years of punk development, there's different cultural aspects and there's also just categorical aspects of she doesn't fit the typical music that we're playing today. So therefore she's punk. Like, okay, what does that mean? That's exactly what
1: I think is like, you know, they, they saw that like, and I think she kind of said this herself when she would be asked about it or she would, she, she would talk about when she actually hated that, that people called her punk, but she would say like, well, you know, basically they have to call me punk or they have to call me the anti-Britney because I, and like the opposite, like they couldn't think of anything else. Like, you know, and also we know that the media sensationalizes everything to sell. Mm. That's how you sell magazines and and get people to click on your articles and stuff is with these like kind of over exaggerated headlines and stuff. So it's like calling somebody the anti-Britney or saying like, oh, you know, Avril is like she's ushering in a new wave of punk. Like that's going to get people to to click on it, you know. And so I think, you know, Avril herself even said she thinks that that's why, because it was like she was the opposite of what the the typical pop star was. So it's like, well, they they just have to call me that then, even though like she knew I'm not punk.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I think now this is going to sound like a catch-22, but I think she started to lean into what punk is um, later on, because it's almost like if you can't beat him, join him, I think. Mm. And she actually reclaimed that title and made it her own, which I think makes a lot of sense, because if you can't really control the media, you can at least control how you respond to it. So mm-hmm. I think her choice to to do things her way really solidified her in the minds of her audience as somebody who, sure, maybe she should not want to be called that, but she rolled with it and made it something that she could then build a career off of.
1: I mean, that, that is like her brand, like even to this day, yeah. especially because of like she well, she did release a pop punk album with The Best Damn Thing in 2007. And then obviously this year with Love Sucks. Yeah. Like, the media, everywhere like constantly refers to her as like the queen of pop punk or something like that's like what she's pop punk princess whatever like that's what she's known as yeah she like basically did build her brand on that
0: I mean it's a little more marketable than mother effing princess because I mean you know censors right (laughs) a little bit (laughs) but yeah I agree I I think uh, she made it her own and it's fun to be along for the ride and kind of see how she continues to develop over the years so kind of going along with
1: that like I said she used to actually hate being called punk, like, at the start of her career. Yeah. So why do you think that she... Like, you said that she kind of rolled with it, and, like, we, we had just said, like, she built it into her brand. But like I said, like, in the beginning, she actually did hate being called that. And she would try to say, like, you know, I'm walking down a red carpet singing complicated and skater, but, like, I'm not punk. So she used to really try to, like, kind of clear the air on that and say, like, I'm not punk. So why do you think she was very adamant about kind of clearing that up?
0: Well, I guess the only thing I could think of is looking at the people that were self proclaimed punk at the time. Maybe again, that was, let's see, early 2000s and trying to think. Well, you said obviously, you know, um, Green Day was, was starting to come around then, no pun intended. Uh, I think so Green were- Day was. They've been around since the
1: 80s, I think, weren't they?
0: I don't know the specifics, but I know they were definitely around doing stuff in the early 2000s. Like, American sure.
1: Idiot was, like, one of their big albums in 2004. So that was yeah. about that time, yeah.
0: Yeah, so if if she sees Green Day as punk, because I feel like they lean very obviously into that genre without question. Yeah. Um, I mean, Green Day is vastly different from Admiral's music. I mean, it's grittier. I think it's, in many ways... It's not that it's angrier. I think it's angry in a different way. But I would say that it's a little more... It's not that it's not nuanced, but there's some there's a different quality to Green Day music. I think Avril's music kind of mixes heartache and love with angst, whereas mm-hmm. Green Day, I think, is much more about, like, question the establishment, like, F you yeah. kind of stuff. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, definitely. And so, and so That's like I what think... the song
1: American Idiot is, Exactly,
0: exactly. Yeah. So for those reasons, I really think... Avril's, um, content is much more internalized. It's emotions, mm-hmm. relationships. Um, well you know, also like she has
1: yeah. that female perspective on it.
0: Yes. And without, I don't want to generalize too heavily and be like, girls can't have big questions about things. I mean, it is common that people associate like female emotions with like, you know, girls, obviously, you yeah. know, relationships and stuff without generalizing too much. Cause that's not fair, but, um, it kind of makes sense that like, you know, a male-fronted band would have, little more emphasis on like you know just different issues you know yeah exactly So, so it makes sense like demographically um but I would say that she may not have wanted to be connected to Green Day or at least bands like that because she doesn't approach life the same way I think she's much more poetic and not that Green Day isn't poetic but Avril has a certain finesse about her that's Kind of a mix of the angst that Green Day has, but also like Taylor Swift. Like she has the that, confessional lyrics. yes yeah, stuff that feels like it's out of a diary. Like do you yeah. listen to a Green Day song and be like, oh, I feel like I'm reading Billy Joe's diary. Like, probably not. Like, I don't <laughs> think you feel that. At least I don't. So um, for that reason, I'm like, um, yeah, probably, probably not. So another reason I identify with her so well is I also grew up heavily listening to Taylor Swift. And I think mm-hmm. as I got older, I still do enjoy her music. I've seen her concerts, you know, she's great. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But Avril, for me, is like the next phase of my life. Like I feel like, you know, coming of age, figuring out who you are, like, you know, for some reason, Avril has kind of brought me to a different level that Taylor, like, hasn't really hit the same note with me personally, um, which is very subjective. and I can't even really explain it. I wonder if. Not to, like,
1: interrupt, but I wonder if the reason why you're saying that, like, what just occurred to me is that, like, because I'm a huge Taylor fan as well. Yeah. I I think that Taylor, like, obviously Taylor writes about her life and her experiences, but she's very, very detailed with it. And some of the things that she writes about are things that, frankly, other people, like normal people, cannot relate to, like her reputation or like, yeah. like the paparazzi, like, you know, hedging in on her relationship. Like n- like real people can't relate to that. Not that to say she's not a real person, but no, you know what I course. mean? Of course. Like yeah. I think yeah. that like like Taylor writes about stuff that it's very good, but it's like stuff that like your average person can't relate to. Whereas Avril, even though she's also a famous celebrity who has probably like those same issues, mm. she writes about things that are always relatable to anybody.
0: Right. And Taylor, like, she is relatable to an extent. I will argue that her older music is relatable to teenagers because she was a kid writing those right. early uh, albums. And I think Avril, like, because all of her stuff is vague enough, like, I genuinely don't know. Who she wrote certain songs about? I'm sure that some people right. do. You might know. I I don't know. But Taylor Swift, you're like, oh, there's Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, yeah. There's like she Harry puts Styles. so many details like in it. Like exactly. she puts a lot of details
1: in it that you can tell. Like even if she doesn't explicitly say who songs are about, people, it is always a guessing game. Like who she writes songs. About. It's kind of just like a game that has become a thing when Taylor Swift puts out an album, people want to guess who the songs are about. And Mm -hmm. I feel like with Avril, even though people, you know, her relationships have been public, but I feel like people are not so focused on figuring out who the songs are about because yeah, she doesn't put like explicit details in the songs. And, Like you said, I think that Avril, as much as I would like for Avril to be more specific and poetic in her song lyrics, at the same time, I appreciate that she is vague with them because then that means it's very open to interpretation and that you can make it apply to your own life, like in however way you see fit, you know?
0: Yeah, no, definitely. I I totally agree with that. I'm a big fan of Taylor too, but I think Avril leaves a lot of room for you to kind of fit your own story into her music. Which is cool because, like, you know, then it becomes a part of your experience and you have these songs to kind of go back to and relive. And I have that with Taylor too, but more recently it's like her stuff is kind of cyclical in her own little like universe, so to speak. So it's a little different, like structurally. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: getting back to like the whole, you know, why was she against the whole punk label thing? My thought about it was that, like, we had kind of referenced before that that community is very elitist. They're mm. very much... And it, it's worth noting that they are mostly men. So yeah. it's it's a very male-dominated community. I mean, not to say that there aren't, you know, female fans, obviously, like yourself, female fans of that yeah. music. But especially back then in the early 2000s, we have to also remember, too, that, like, culturally things were quite different. And mm. it was a very male-dominated um, community and, you know, very gatekeepy. And so I can definitely see them, you know, probably trashing her a lot, like you know, online or whatever. Like Avril Lavigne's not punk, and so I think, it, to me, it almost was like her acknowledging, like I'm not punk. It was almost like her trying to get ahead, like get ahead of it, and be like. Please don't bash me. Like I know that I'm not punk. You don't have like I'm not the one who said I'm punk. You know, if you if you have a problem with it, go after the people who are saying it, but I don't actually believe this about myself. It was the same thing with the skateboarding thing where people made this big deal about the fact that she skateboards and she's like, I'm not Tony Hawk or something. You know, (laughs) like people made this huge deal about it. And she's like, she herself thought it was super stupid. So (laughs)
0: yeah no definitely and I think part of the reason why she maybe hesitated to take that title or category so to speak is because like it's easy enough to find your place when you have time to do it but when you just walk in and say hey everyone I fit in this category they'll be like what do you mean you just got here so I think she eventually embraced it because she had paid her dues and you Mm -hmm. know on the accolades to be able to own it but until she did that she like understandably didn't want to take that on i guess or the pressure and the obligation that comes with it culturally and um musically because she didn't want to be limited to that one little box not knowing where her career was going to go at the time
1: yeah i think that makes sense too we kind of we kind of did touch on this but like if i think it's safe to say we can't really say that avril's punk like at least from a musical perspective like she's not the ramones or the sex pistols or something or something like that like she's always had a pop sensibility to her music but if not punk, do you think that Avril can at least be considered pop punk? I think that's fair to say. Oh,
0: definitely. No, definitely. Because yeah. musically speaking, she has all the ingredients. Like you said, it's the simplified chords. She's not walking in there with like unmented seventh or whatever chords that are wonky that I really should study up on. I don't know them, but... <laughs> <It's> okay, <laughs> I, don't, I don't, either, I don't
1: even know like what that was that you said.
0: Like I, I'm self-taught yeah. at guitar, so it's like oh, I don't okay. even know. <laughs> yeah, no, if, if my previous guitar teachers are listening, don't don't worry about that. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. I do. I just I haven't uh mastered those chords. But the point I'm trying to make is um, you know, there are some chords that have a lot of different parts. They're intricate. They have different intervals in them that give them different qualities. And then you have, like you said, the bare bones power chord that is just the root and the fifth. And that's kind of all you need. It's just that. So um when you when you do that, it's a lot more open, a lot more um I don't want to say like bland because that's not the word I'm wanting to use here but it's yeah it's not distracting your ear from like punchy lyrics or heavier guitar beats and intricate rhythms like power chords leave room for other things to jump in when you have intricate chords it kind of takes the focus um from like everything else so I think that you know she's gonna use nice chords but they're not gonna stand out and in your face so yeah, it's pop punk. Um, you know, if you're if you're defining the musical side of punk as simply like the Ramones, old Blink One Eighty Two, maybe like the really old All Time Low stuff that has those like metal drum beats that are really really fast, you know, that kind of stuff, then okay, if that's punk, then no, she's not punk musically. Mm-hmm. But she has elements of that in there, you know, I think especially on Love Sucks, we have things like Cannonball that do play into that heavier punk side. So um, she literally has a song with Mark Hoppus. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, she's very deeply entrenched in the punk genre musically and socially, culturally, but it's not something that she allows to fully define her is what I would say as a consensus.
1: Oh, absolutely! Because I mean, ever since the first album, like she's always had a variety of different types of songs on her records. Like, you I mean there's always got to be that quintessential ballad on every album, like the "I'm with You" or something, you know? And I'm like, after the after the Best Damn Thing album, she did do a little bit of a departure musically. Like, she had the Goodbye Lullaby album, which was more acoustic based, right? Like, kind of right. singer songwriter songwriting. And then on her self titled album, that was like I think her most pop record like it it was all over the place musically but like there was Mm -hmm. like the song hello kitty which was like very edm
0: (laughs) i love that song because to me it's like a joke song like it's so funny it's a novelty it really is i think there's something very punk about finding your own place where maybe you don't originally belong meaning you know she's obviously not japanese we know she's canadian all that but it was really really fun and i actually think it's really punk because you know she's got the wacky like you know shaved hair style that's only she could pull off i could never do that you know what i mean like there's there's so much in there and it's so fun and colorful and bright and the lyrics are freaking weird like <laughs> i don't know where she got the idea is but it's so funny to me but i i enjoy it i don't know it's, it's a fun one
1: yeah so like there's that album that had stuff like that like very experimental and then the Head Above Water album that came after that was like a much more introspective, like very ballad driven album. And then with Love Sucks, we see her kind of have this return to form where she got back into that pop punk
0: stuff again. Right. Yeah, no, definitely. And and I think, you know, the fact that she's able to make those diversions so smooth really shows her artistry, like to be able to jump back and forth so seamlessly.
1: We had kind of just touched on this already, but... Can Avril be considered punk from a lifestyle perspective, which we did talk about that, like how you said she doesn't care what people think and she does her own style. We kind of said like, that's kind of what, you know, the whole vibe of punk, like being punk kind of is apart from the music part of it.
0: Right, right, right. And the fashion part of it, too. Yeah, I think Avril took Punk as like a launching point. And I think she used it to kind of situate herself like in culture and in the time and style that existed when she started her career. But I think from there, um, it really became her own sort of branding. And I think, mm. what do you say? She made punk? a clothing line. She did, Abby Don. Yeah, I, I remember I first heard about that from the What the Hell video because she had obviously that plugged in there. Pretty, yeah, right. Um, I openly. have some. Do you
1: have any Abby Dawn? Because I have some.
0: I don't. I mean, like, I like it on her. I don't know if it would fit my lifestyle or not. That's the thing. Like, where would I wear that? But they're cool, like pieces. They're artsy, you know.
1: That's kind of like what I was um, referencing. Is like, you know, even just with the with the fashion style. Like, she's always been known for her like hot topic kind of fashion. And yeah. then she even made her own fashion line. So it's like, yeah, she really had like immersed herself, you know, even just outside of the music and like the the pop punk music. And like everybody knows her for like that kind of rebellious attitude. It's like she immersed herself even more with like the fashion part of it to the point that, you know, she is considered kind of like a fashion icon in that like punk
0: world. Exactly. And I think, you know, both musically and fashion culture, whatever, what have you, you can't really say punk without thinking of Avril Lavigne. At least, yeah, you know, at least in this country. I mean, other countries too. Japan, you know, other, yeah. other people, other countries love her too. But at least in America, I know that she's very deeply entrenched in the idea of punk culture for better or worse. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. And it's something that, you know, maybe she didn't mean to when she started that way. But I think she's kind of purposely embraced it. I think it's something that over time she's really found her stride with overall.
1: Yeah, I think so too. Um, So kind of like switching gears into like other artists besides Avril, I was curious about what other pop punk or punk rock bands you listen to. And if you think any of them either have influenced Avril's sound like if you when you listen to avril you hear oh i hear green day or blink 182 in that or vice versa like if you listen to like some of those newer bands and you think they were they were definitely inspired by avril
0: ah great question i mean obviously you know i would not i'm so sure that she obviously knows blink 182 and green day and I, i think that she's probably taken ideas musically from them i don't have like specific examples but Travis Barker
1: worked on The Best Damn Thing and also Love Sucks. So it's like the Blink-182 influences are definitely pretty heavy on those albums. Definitely.
0: And actually, she's on his record label now on DTAA Records. So Mm -hmm. I think it's pretty safe to say her and Travis Barker are pretty tight, I would say, um, for that reason. So, yes, I will say safely, I can say that I'm sure Blink and Green Day have affected her music. As far as other bands, like, she she probably knows Paramore. Like, I'm pretty sure she wouldn't. I think Paramore own...
1: took a page from her. Like, I think, yeah. I don't know if Paramore, when they were, like, kind of first starting, I think they, they were definitely compared to her. And I think they kind of, like, Hayley Williams, I think, kind of didn't, not that she didn't like that, but I think she kind of wanted to be known as, like, her own thing. Yeah. But, like, she has gone on record saying, like, Paramore would not exist without Avril. Like, Par- Paramore would not, like, have been as popular as they were without Avril kind of paving the way for them.
0: Exactly. And of course, you know, um, in the same way that Haley doesn't want to compare to Avril just because it's like, well, that's such a give me. It's such an easy little like, oh, girl in rock music, like, because there aren't many, there are more now. (laughs) But I think in the early 2000s, it was starting to take shape. You know, like you said, it's a male dominated sort of genre. So um, it makes sense why I should want to be careful about just aligning herself with like, oh, another pretty girl doing rock music. You know, you want to have your own identity that's different than just who you are as a human being, you know? So um, yeah, I, I would say that's true. And I know that both Haley and Avril have been on tour with Taylor Swift. At least they popped up as like a special guest. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Avril did 1989 tour and I believe Haley was like the Speak Now tour, something she Yeah, I think up you're right. Yeah. yeah, so, you know, they have they run in the same circles. So it makes sense that they would have music that would interact uh similarly both sonically and thematically and categorically. So yeah, I think it's a safe bet. Other bands I listen to would be like All Time Low, A Little Bit Their of the Veil, uh All Time Low and Who?
1: Yeah, like so um the frontman, I think his name is Alex Gaskarth. Yeah, I get that right? Yes. Yeah, like they like so she actually did. Like um, they were performing at the same festival, I think a couple of times recently, and they decided to get on stage together and do all the small things. By Blink-182. Oh, I saw that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The one we were young festival. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yes. I saw those clips. I'm like, damn, like two of my favorites. I would have loved to have seen that, you know? <laughs> yeah. So it's Wouldn't like, like they teamed
1: up and they did a yeah. blink cover together. And then he's been working in the studio with her because she's working on new music. And so I guess after that, they decided to kind of team up and probably write together or something like that. So they are teaming up together.
0: Yeah. Ooh, that's exciting. Oh my God. It's like two
1: of your faves coming together.
0: Honestly, like, honestly, apologies for the tangent, but I'll share this. Um, I wrote a character heavily inspired by Alex Gascar's, not as a person, like not his personal story or life, but just his snarky personality and appearance. I actually like used him as like a character claim for one of my book characters. So it's fun, you know. I, I like to whenever I write books or you know stories or whatever. I always have to picture like a face, so it's mm-hmm. really fun to like think about people and bands that I admire, just people that you know kind of embody the character I'm looking for. So that would be sick to hear music from Avril in all time low. I I hope that happens.
1: Oh, I th- I think it definitely is going to going back to like who Avril might sound like or who she's influenced by. I do know, like again, I don't know like what you know. Of- about her from, like, her early, you know, life and career. But, yeah. like, what you know, because I've read a lot of her interviews and stuff. I know you said you hadn't really explored her interviews. So, like, I know, like, she's talked about her influences a lot. She grew up listening to Green Day and Blink... She, it's interesting because she grew up listening to a lot of country music, too. But yeah. as far as, like, when she started getting into, like, rock music, when she was, like, in high school, she listened to, like, Nirvana, Green Day, Blink One Eighty Two. I think she kind of like some forty one as well. Yeah. Or maybe one, once she got married to Derek, I'm sure she was like very in that world with yeah. some forty one. Yeah. Um. So I, I definitely think you can hear those influences in her music.
0: Oh, definitely for sure. And I, I mean, I think it's so funny that you mentioned she was into country because I know like doesn't she credit like Loretta Lynn as like a big influencer or, or like no,
1: it was Shania think, Twain. I think that's what it was.
0: Of. Yes, exactly. I knew it was one of those um, you know, country like all stars and yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And so, like, um, yeah, Loretta Lynn would be older, like some sort of dad's generation. <laughs> I don't was like, wait, I haven't yeah, heard no. that. Like, do you know something I don't know? <laughs> no, I don't. know. we're thinking of Shania toy? Don't listen to me. I'm a fake fan. Just kidding. But also, like, she was heavily involved in, like, church music. And that's why, like, I love how she really found her faith again, um, because I know she was raised, like, in a Christian faith and all that. So we love to see that. Uh, that's really amazing. You know, I'm very uh, much into uh, Christian faith as well. So... Uh, It's cool to see somebody who's had an interesting, like, life um, experience of being, you know, a creative, artistic person, but then also, like, finding her place again with uh, the values that she grew up with and the core that she has. So it's kind of cool how that happens musically, too.
1: I wonder if that happened, like, I think that's kind of what happened. I mean, not just with the Head Above Water album, because, you know, she had gone through something quite traumatic and she kind of... She had said, like, I want to go back to my roots with that album. But I feel like that also happened with this album with Love Sucks with her going back to her like punk, her pop punk roots. Like yeah. um, yeah, I think Head yeah. Above Water was like her root roots, like before she ever <laughs> became famous. But then like Love Sucks, you know, she has said over and over again, this feels like a return to form for her with like even just like her clothes are kind of the same as like what she wore then and like she says that like the the people that she worked with on this album they feel like the type of friends she would have hung out with in high school so i feel like that mm-hmm. whole returning to her roots thing happened again with this album
0: yeah it's like different roots and i think it's really good to make that distinction that like in life we evolve so much as people just developmentally socially everything and it's cool to think that she has different roots that kind of um uh, chronologically you know, reflect different eras of her life and how Mm -hmm. she can revisit those things, um, both emotionally and musically. And somehow it all kind of fits. And there's something in that, that we can, as listeners and fans kind of feel in our own lives, like, oh, she's got different facets of herself that she'll show at different times. And we can find a piece of ourselves in that as she evolves, we evolve too. So it's kind of cool.
1: Yeah, and like no matter what, like even though like we had touched on this before with like all the different types of albums, different music that she's released, like regardless of the genre, it always still feels like Avril. Yeah, there's always something about it that still feels like, regardless of like what the genre is, it still feels like this is Avril.
0: And I think that's the mark of a great artist because one thing to say, you know, I learned this from my my very first guitar teacher. I I miss him so much. I haven't seen him since I was like 18, but sweet guy, brilliant. And he always said, don't say you're a guitarist because anybody can learn guitar. Say that you're an artist or a musician Hmm. because that shows that you have something inside you that you're going to share with the world. And it's not just, oh, I picked up an instrument and know how to play it. It's that you're sharing something and you have something in you that's recognizable. And while I myself have not taken the singer-songwriter route, um... It's not something I would say never. I just haven't done it yet. <laughs> so uh so um basically I love that approach though. I think that's what you're touching on with Avril, because no matter what genre she does, and like, hey, same with Taylor Swift, she's gone from like yeah. like alternative to some rock country, to pop, pop, country, exactly. Same with Avril. She has um this essence that to describe her essence, I would say is somewhere between like, you know, don't care what you think, but also really raw and honest and I know that's like lame to say because you could say oh this artist is so raw and honest like you know whatever we said about everyone but I actually think she has something in her that's much more centered on just her experiences but also the human condition that is to be somebody who's growing up in a very high-paced environment that is the music industry because she Mm -hmm. alongside Hayley Williams and Taylor Swift all grew up like they started as teenagers doing this Mm -hmm. in some capacity And so that is a very unique experience that may be hard to recognize people like us that aren't celebrities, but we all grew up from children to adults. So we have that in common. Yeah, definitely. Going back to
1: like the whole thing about, um, you know, like what has influenced Avril and vice versa, not just music that influenced her, but I also think it's fair to say like like she has influenced pop culture, Mm -hmm. like with a a lot of like television shows or movies. Like I know Lindsay Lohan recently um, did this thing with, I think it was with Vogue, where she was like going through a bunch of her most iconic outfits. And she was talking about the outfit that she wore for the movie Freaky Friday. She like literally described it as her Avril Lavigne outfit. (laughs) So it made me think of um, like before when we were talking offline about doing this and you had mentioned Julie and the Phantoms to me, which I haven't seen the show, but like based on your description of it, That seems like something that was heavily, like, inspired by Avril.
0: Oh, I love that you brought this up. I love this so much. Um, All my friends know me. Ask my ex-boyfriend. I'm obsessed with Julie and the Phantoms. God bless him. I made him watch the whole thing with me. Uh, He said it was okay. But anyway... (laughs) um No, legit. Is that um, why he's the ex? <laughs> no, yes. No, no, <laughs> no, 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 But that's funny. Um. Yeah, no, but it's a great show. And obviously for us that grew up on Kenny Ortega, you know, high school musical, all that stuff. Um. He directed it. It's about this girl, Julie, who is in high school. And she loses her mom and she loses also her love of music because she used to write songs with her mom. And so when she's cleaning out, like, you know, the garage crawl space or whatever that her family has. Um, She finds this old CD from this band and she puts it in the radio and it like it makes these like really hot, attractive punk rock dudes come back from the dead and they come back as ghosts (laughs) and they play music with her. Where can I get that CD? (laughs) I know, right? Oh, I know, girl, if you knew how deeply entrenched I am in a crush on one Charlie Gillespie, who is the main lead. Uh, male lead role. Ooh, it's a deep rabbit hole. I'm very deep in that. If the that fangirl is strong, I'll have to message you some I'll message you his profile on Instagram later. <laughs> He's so pretty. But anyway, um yeah, so I just love the concept though of like this girl finding her home again in music. And I, I say punk rock band because like that's how they're marketed on the show. But when you hear the music they play, they're definitely pop, but like it's fun. Mm. Um but they're definitely modeled after the 90s punk style the way they dress and because they died in the year 1995 and the show takes place in 2020 um you, you know you see obviously the styles that reflect that and they get there like they, they don't know what a cell phone is like you know like there's all kinds of stuff that you see which is kind of cool mm-hmm. so um yeah i highly recommend the show but in the context of this conversation with punk i I love the way that music brings people together. It's healing. It brings, you know, companionship. Uh, you know, there's so many things that music does beyond just being a pastime or a hobby. Like there's something about it that unites people that surpasses distance or culture or, you know, politics or anything, really. I think music is just a really amazing tool for connection. Um, Mm-hmm. And that show embodies that because, I mean, I, 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 I'm I not somebody who uh, <laughs> thinks that ghosts function that way, but if they did, that's pretty cool that music could surpass uh, death, I guess. <laughs>
1: Yeah, <laughs> so no, I, I agree. It.
0: and I don't, I don't believe that in reality. But I think for the sake of the show, uh, I think it's really funny and really cute, and mm-hmm. I recommend it. I feel like Avril Lavigne would love that show. I don't know if she's seen it, but it's on Netflix. Highly recommend. Yes, it's marketed to kids, but I think it's adorable. Go watch it; it's great. Like I,
1: I was also thinking too. Like I was gonna do a a whole episode, I think, about like Avril's influence in pop culture. But I always thought. Like you said that you grew up watching Hannah Montana. I feel yeah. like, I mean, obviously Hannah Montana, it's Disney. And like, it's like that Disney brand of like what they would think is rock music, but it's like pop music. Yeah. Like I I really think, I mean, Hannah Montana was on in 2006. So that was a few years after Avril debuted. I really feel like the musical direction of Hannah Montana was, had to have been largely informed by Maybe not just Avril, but like Avril was definitely at the forefront of of bringing that like guitar based pop music into popularity. And I feel like Hannah Montana definitely like took its cues from that. Like, I can't believe that's a coincidence.
0: Oh, no, I fully agree with you. And we also have Michelle Branch was big in the 2000s. People forget
1: Um, about Michelle Branch. Like, I I know that like,
0: Michelle Branch, oh my gosh. (laughs)
1: Like, I, I know that like a lot of people credit Avril as being like the one who ushered in that wave of new pop music. Yeah, And she did. But like people tend to forget that Michelle was kind of there first. Yes. So thank you for bringing up Michelle Branch.
0: You're welcome. And I sadly, like, I don't know that I really got into, I mean, I heard, you know, some of her music on like XM radio as you hear things. And so it's not something I'm deeply dived into, but, um, you know, Michelle Branch is great. And obviously Alanis Morissette, we have that too, which people say is like the forerunner. That was another
1: influence of Avril's. Very, yeah, she was heavily influenced by Alanis.
0: Yeah, no, but, like, seriously, anybody listening, I challenge you go back and listen to, like, Hannah Montana, Jonas Brothers. Like, I'm telling you, they literally are pop punk. Like, not all of their stuff. They're on the pop side of pop punk, but it's in there. And so when I realized this, I'm like, it makes perfect sense that I like the music I like because I grew up on you know, sure, Hannah Montana is not like Blink-182 or Green Day. Like, it's not one of those tried and true... Hannah like-
1: Montana is, like, singing about bringing down the establishment.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the Disney establishment. The Disney establishment. Well, it's funny because I feel like maybe there's something to that. Maybe. So, um,
1: yeah, I think it's I think it's fair to say that, you know, a lot of those TV shows like Hannah Montana and stuff probably did, you know, take its cues at least a little bit from Avril and that she, you know, had something to do with inspiring a lot of that stuff in pop culture. So, kind of moving to like a different topic, like I think we had mentioned this before when you said, like, when Avril embraced her, you know, punk labeling and that you feel like eventually she felt like she could do that because she had earned her dues, so to speak. So, that was going to be my question is like, over the years, do you think Avril has gained credibility in the punk scene? Like, especially because she has worked with these like pop punk icons like Travis Barker.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think, like I said, um, ironically, she found a home in punk for better or worse. And I'd say that because of that, you know, she has networked with these high profile people that anybody would say, oh, Travis Barker, like he's, you know, a forerunner, Blink-182, of course, like no doubt with that, you know, and I think you know, her taking the time to network and obviously work with these people, you know, she even has a song with Youngblood that just came out today. Like that's right. that's a big deal, you know. So she's definitely got her herself kind of on the pulse of what's what's hot, what's happening. Like even like TikTok has brought out some interesting characters that are into the pop-punk. Do you know like Jaden Hostler or like Huddy, for example? Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: I think um, Jaden's her label
0: mate. Exactly, exactly. So, like, I've kind of gotten into their music lately just because, like, it is very much the same as Avril. Like, they're doing the same thing. And, of course, these guys are a lot younger than Avril, but, you know, they're, they're hitting the same tone. They're taking the same kind of snarky attitude and the same kind of, like, fun, kind of punk, edgy kind of thing. So... It's funny how it kind of repeats itself, like not in a boring way. They have their own style. I'm not trying to say they're the same as Avril, but I'm saying that they're approaching the idea of punk music in a similar fashion as Avril, maybe. Yeah,
1: that's what I was going to say before. The thing that I forgot to (laughs) say is that um, with the whole Hannah Montana thing, Jonas Brothers thing, that to me sounds like you're saying almost like they were like a gateway for you into like more true, authentic, like pop punk music. So that kind of sounds like what you're saying here is that like you know, Jaden and all those people, like the all the, the new wave of pop punk, I guess you could say. Um, Avril or maybe like, yeah, like Avril might be the gateway into those like newer pop punk artists because they're kind of all like in that same circle.
0: Definitely. So I think once you're in the punk genre and you're so well established the way Avril is and obviously Travis Barker and people before her, you kind of start to be something that brings in new people too. Like there's something about it that like kind of like grandfathers in which is a weird way to say it (laughs) but grandmothers um, yeah grandmothers I don't know what you'd say um but yeah exactly so it's kind of like you see people that you aspire to be and like like i know that jaden is heavily and in, heavily inspired by juice world i's he like a rapper like i don't know anything about rap i so think I'm not so to pretend i like honestly I,
1: do. I, I don't know jaden's music i just know that he's okay. on the same label as avril but i mean yeah like that's the thing is like i think with this new wave of pop punk and avril herself has kind of experimented with this too is i think that it is kind of that meshing of like rap and trap with the rock mm. you know cuz like Modson, son who's avril's fiance worked on the love sucks album with her he was a rapper before um doing pop or yeah like before doing alternative and pop punk same thing with machine gun kelly who did the song boys lie with her he was a rapper before he got into pop punk so i think the the two genres kind of are like melding together they
0: they are and like obviously like i had heard of machine gun kelly way back because he did a song with sleeping with sirens so like i'm not like Heavily into sleeping with sirens, but they're kind of connected with like Pierce the Veil, obviously. So I know like of them kind of through that. Um, and I knew of him as the guy that screams in a song of with sirens. So when he started putting out punk music the past couple of years, I'm like, oh, shoot, like he can actually sing. Okay, that's interesting. And then obviously <laughs> he, does, he can do other
1: things besides just scream. Okay. Yeah,
0: <laughs> really, exactly. Like I found it impressive. I'm like, oh, cool. And so then obviously he put out the Downfalls High video that had Huddy as like the lead in that like musical movie thing for his album um
1: tickets to my downfall
0: yes thank you I high. exactly i haven't watched it like in depth but i've seen parts of it it's it's an interesting concept like i love when artists will take a longer form and do like a longer like film for their music because i feel like a lot of mm. artists rely too heavily on just a shorter form like music video stuff which like we love that but it's cool to tell a story in a different way, especially being an author myself. I love like the opportunity to develop narratives and plot lines and emotions Mm -hmm. a little deeper. So all I'm saying is that was a long way of saying everyone's connected. Like we have MGK working with Sun, working with Avril, like, you know, Jaden was made a cameo and had a small part in the Downfalls High video too. Like, like, you know, there's, There's so many like connections and now that Travis Barker has a record label you're seeing all these people kind of intermingle and hopefully that brings out some more cool like partnerships and music through it because I anytime people that I follow play music together I'm like nice that's really satisfying.
1: Yeah. And I definitely think that that's how Avril has seemed to approach this latest like era of her career is working yeah. with people that she knows really well, that she considers friends. And I think that that's why she's been saying like, it's the best music she's ever made or like, this was the most fun I had making this album or it was the easiest thing I've ever made because it came out very natural because she was comfortable with these people.
0: Yeah. there was like a level sure. of trust with them. Exactly. And I think anytime, any kind of art you make, music, writing, anything, art, whatever... If you're not comfortable with your label or your publisher or whoever it is you're working with, like, it's not going to come out good. And that's why, like... We've like, seen um,
1: that. Like, oh, gosh, with, yeah. Um, like, the Goodbye Lullaby album, the self-titled mm-hmm. album, there was, like, some collaborators she kind of had to work with to, like, appease the label. Yeah. And they just, like, did not sound like Avril songs.
0: Yeah, I mean, like what was the one wasn't one of them with like her ex-fiance or something Chad Kroger. Oh, let me go yeah I mean it's it's a pretty song and I love the way her like folk voice kind of comes through it but it doesn't feel like an Adele song to me. Is that what feels more like to? a
1: Nickelback song? I think that was the common sentiment about it. And
0: so, is that an example? of What you're saying? It's like she was probably I told was to like do that, referring
1: more to like "What the Hell" and like "Here's to Never Growing Up." Like those oh, were like I
0: love those. I mean, I love "Here's Never Growing Up." That to me is like I like love I that don't
1: one. <laughs> I don't dislike the song, but I think when you compare it to like some of the other work that was on that album, like it was pretty clear that she was trying to go for like this darker kind of like more serious songwriter type of thing and then she kind of had to do these like more pop hits for radio that yeah yeah, like that didn't really seem like kind of what she was kind of like into doing um so like i mean she 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 has kind of referenced this in the past where she said like you know i kind of had to compromise here and there and like i don't do my best work when i'm like forced to work with people i don't want to work with which like that would be like anybody would feel that way you know so like with this new album this new music this new era that she's doing she's collaborating all with people that she's like actively choosing to work with and you can see it's like night and day difference and how the quality of it turns out
0: yeah for sure and i think that comes down to artistry and authenticity like it's always hard to kind of barter with yourself with creativity like for example like i'm a self-published author like all my books i published they're all mine like nobody had any input like at all Basically, essentially, you know, like mom always has a little bit of input, but not a lot at this point. I've, I, pretty much do what I want.
1: Mom, moms are allowed to have input. They Nobody do. Else they though. do
0: exactly. Pretty much. That's kind of how it goes. And so, um, you know, I'm starting to want to branch out to like a hybrid publishing with maybe a publishing house in the future. And I actually have one that's interested in my next concept. You know, it's interesting because to be eligible for that, I would have to tweak my concept a little. And I'm okay with it because it's something that I feel like I can do without losing my authentic idea, my authentic message, and my authentic style. But if it was something that I had to do like completely different, I'd be like, yeah, no, not going to happen. So it, it's yeah. kind of knowing what you want to do with your art and how much you want to compromise it, if at all. Because sometimes mm-hmm. you can, sometimes you can't, and only you really know how you want to address that.
1: Yeah. So I wanted to ask, like, what your personal favorite songs or albums are by Avril and how you liked the latest album, Love Sucks, because that's like the pop punk album.
0: Yeah, no, of course. Uh, okay. So, personal favorites. Oh my gosh, I'm on the spot here. Uh, <laughs> I would say, I mean, Told you there was never... going to be a pop quiz. Oh, no, pop punk quiz. Oh, yes. yes. There we go. <laughs> that was so bad. Um, <laughs> I would say, given the fact that I, you know, again, I came from the prep school culture, and I wanted to break out of that so badly for so long. I think Here's to Never Growing Up really hits hard for me, you know, happy ending, obviously. You know, that's something that I feel like everybody relates to. Like, it's just so, it's just so honest and genuine and common, unfortunately. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we feel that.
1: We've all been Um, in that situation. Oh,
0: definitely. something didn't
1: turn out the way we wanted. So so much for my happy ending.
0: I mean, I feel like... (laughs) despite actually having been in a relationship and having a breakup that was mutual like it was fine um I think I more think of that song with the guy I had a crush on for like literally seven years literally like like this guy oh my gosh he actually was in a band with my ex like (laughs) years before that happened so like it was funny but basically I started writing novels because of this idiot like he I wrote him as a love interest in my first book (laughs) So anyway, when I think of, you know, so much for my happy ending, that is, I very much think of that, even though it wasn't built on a lot of substance when you're a teenager, like you just have these feelings and these crushes, and it's very hard to give that up. So as an adult, even though I'm much past that particular person now, I still think of that song with that guy. Mm. even though we never actually dated like is that weird i (laughs) don't know to get over someone you never even dated (laughs) honestly yes but yeah so anyway um (laughs) i love that song i you know i think what the hell is kind of a guilty pleasure but i don't like to say it's my favorite because i don't like it's very rebellious and so i don't think it's actually my favorite but i think i like the energy of it without the actual sentiment if that makes sense i don't know yeah yeah um because i don't i don't actually think my life is that bad to just be like well i don't care about anything like i don't feel that way mm-hmm. but i certainly appreciate the the energy she puts behind it without being quite that cynical i guess mm-hmm. uh other favorites i do love the new album
1: what's I, your favorite I, off of love socks
0: i'm absolutely blanking um because <laughs> I to, no, no no like like they're great um i think boys lie has been stuck in my head um Obviously, MGK on that—it's pretty cool, pretty fun. What about Avalanche?
1: I know that's like a really fan favorite off that album.
0: I think Avalanche—it's a deeper cut. Like I know people love that. I just haven't listened to that one as often.
1: Hmm. Um, what about um, like Fu? That one is like a quintessential <laughs> pop, like pop punk. Like I think that's one of the like heaviest pop punk songs on that record. That's like one of my oh, personal definitely. favorites.
0: I mean, it definitely has that tone for sure. Yeah. I don't know that it resonates with me personally. But there's no real reason why it doesn't. It just didn't really hit that for me. But I do think it does embody that tone that is heavily punk. Like, it's not even that pop. It's straight up punk would hang with Blink-182 and Nirvana like any day, probably.
1: Yeah. And like, um, Break of a Heartache is another one that I personally really like. And she wrote it herself, which is kind of impressive because it's such a different type of song than I think she's ever written. But that one to me is also like pretty kind of like more on that punky side rather than the pop side
0: yeah like again I haven't listened to that one as much I have listened to all of them I haven't I can't like call it to memory at the moment Mm. but um yeah no definitely she that's that album is heavily punk so it's really fun to see her go back to her roots and I really enjoyed the different tones she brought into it um she has the bubbly like boys lie like love love it when you hate me kind of stuff but she also has the deeper ballads too so um, yeah, there's a lot in it, which I think people should really give it a shot if you haven't listened. Um, it's 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 fun. And I love how aesthetically she's taken orange and made that her new like pink in some mm, ways. Yeah. It's, it's kind of interesting. It's like a rebranding. It's kind of cool. I don't know.
1: Yeah, yeah. So my last question was going to be about like, I mean, I think you did kind of touch on this, but like if Avril or her music has influenced your writing at all, and if you have any characters that are inspired by her.
0: <laughs> well in my next concept I'm gonna write this character that like is kind of connected to her I guess I don't know if you watch the show Victorious at all
1: yes I did okay
0: my character will be Jade West essentially I'm not stealing like I'm not plagiarizing at all I'm just taking that personality and using it um for my own story so basically um, it's this girl who writes a column about how to, it's called Breakup Queen is my book. And it's going mm-hmm. to be about a girl who writes a, a, a breakup advice column in school, but she's anonymous. She doesn't want people to know she's writing it. So, because the thing is, she's never been in a relationship. So when people eventually find out that she hasn't been in a relationship, it's like mortifying. And the reason they find out is because this band rolls in town that used to go to her school that a couple of years before, basically I'm going to model them after five seconds of summer, because obviously, Which- why not? And, uh, <laughs> and basically, she's gonna have to like fake fake date the lead singer to cover her name because they're the ones that, like accidentally pulled the curtain on her like accidentally I'm still kind of working out how to do that. Mm. And so it's a whole thing.
1: So like the character then I know her name yeah. is Ivy. Ivy Gray is the name of the character because yes. you have talked talked about it on your your socials a little bit. So I, I do know I like have. some of the background on yes. it. Yes. So awesome. like you said that it's kind of inspired by the character from Victorious, but to me it also did sound a little bit Avril adjacent.
0: Oh, definitely. She's gonna be somebody that she's highly creative, highly emotional, but like she's also mean. <laughs> like not that Avril's mean. Right. I don't think Avril's mean. I- I think she's actually probably one of the nicer celebrities, from what I know. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I think if you mess with Avril, I think she might have a mean streak. So I'm gonna pull yeah. some of that into the character, you know, because hmm. uh, Avril's a tough cookie. She doesn't take crap from anybody, which I love about her. And so I'm going to use some of that for the character, but also the style. This girl is going to be heavily into metal music. It's going to be funny because I'm going to make her like a real snot, basically. And over time, the reader will hopefully come to see the value she brings as a person. But you have to like unravel the layers to get to it. So
1: So basically, that sounds like something that like when when that novel is finally published, (laughs) that it sounds like something that will be up Avril fans alley, I think.
0: I hope so. I'm going to try to market it that way. Thank you for the uh, the (laughs) input. I totally agree.
1: Okay, so where can people find you online? Like we just talked about, like finding your social handles and stuff.
0: Absolutely. So I'm at Angelina Singer author on Instagram and Facebook and TikTok. I don't post a ton on there, but have at it if you want to see what I've been posting. Um yeah, I love just connecting with readers. Um I'm an author slash, you know, I study music. I'm a music journalist and an editor and copywriter. So if you need writing or editing, hit me up. My website is angelinasinger.com. And um yeah, if you want to add these to like your description, that'd be cool, but like no pressure. Yeah.
1: No, no, I will so that people can just easily, you know, link to it. And yeah. is there is there anything that you wanna like plug like a latest book or project or anything that you're working <laughs> on?
0: Yeah. Um, for more updates, you can follow me on Twitter too, which I should add. It's at Asinger320. My latest concept is the rewind duology. And basically I went back in time to meet my younger self and have a little bit of revenge on some old middle school bullies. There's time travel and romance, and it is heavily inspired by my life, but there are things that also are extremely fictional. So it's a fun Like going back in time. In yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I used it. Or did that... you really do that? Oh, man, I wish. <laughs> no. no, sadly, no. So, uh, but yeah, if you want to read it, it's something that I'm giving a portion of the proceeds to an anti bullying charity known as Kind Campaign. So I'm super psyched about that. Uh, I do conventions and I'd love to connect with readers. So thank you again for having me. This is super fun.
1: Yeah, like, I mean, like I said, I haven't interviewed anybody before, so <laughs> you were the first guest. So thank you for being the guinea pig on
0: this. Oh gosh, of course. I hope you do more. It was fun.
1: Once again, a huge thank you to Angelina for coming on to the show. If you're interested in learning more about her and her books, you can find her online at angelinasinger.com. For now, we conclude this edition of the Best Damn Avril Lavigne podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you can be the first to know when a new episode drops. And don't forget to leave a rating or review as well. We're currently streaming on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, and Audible. Join me again next time on the Best Damn Avril Lavigne podcast. The Best Damn Avril Lavigne podcast is hosted, produced, and edited by Andrea Francesco. Scene music is HD and lights by J-Pow Flicks. Follow the latest podcast news on Instagram at Best Damn Pod or email bestdamnavrilpod at yahoo.com.